White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me on Twitter. It is at Ecknerwall23. Lawrence spelled backwards 2-3. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill, and our show at Locked on Socks, locked on socks at gmail.com to send us an email, 312-566-8727 to leave us a voicemail. And you can follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, which we're exp- expanding with company-wide, I think. We started the trend before the company started doing it. So Techno's <laughs> taking us in a different direction. So go there and subscribe before we get really popular. You can be one of those hipsters say, I knew Locked on Socks back in the day when they weren't big time so without any further ado it is chris Tannehill. chris how you doing oh doing fine and about that youtube so the most recent episode we don't post every show on there because it's a lot of work uh maybe once we hit the thousand subscriber mark maybe we'll get every show up there but the interview with our guy uh jay westbrook from haymarket brewery is on there so if you want to check out our, our conversation with him and uh, and watch that evergreen conversation with uh one of the premier brewmasters in Chicago. That's right up there for you at Locked on Socks on YouTube. All right, episode 244 today, Herb. And uh, the White Sox, they earn a split with the Indians. Their record is 33-21 and 21 now. They are, remain three and a half games up on Cleveland after playing their second doubleheader in three days. Uh, before we get to your uh, trip here in a second, uh, we do have a little bit of housekeeping here. Let's start with the positives here. The White Sox win. Print the banner. Line up the parade. Michigan Avenue on the Studge Turtle Bridge Division Street. Let's go. White Sox do win the opener 8-6, to six, but you, uh, jet-setting uh, son of a gun here, uh, you just got in for from the desert how was your yes. trip it was nice i enjoyed it thoroughly it's um too hot down there i mean i know people <laughs> always talk about dry heat but no it's dumb don't don't go down there folks like uh i was discussing the whole time I was like i couldn't live here it's nice to visit enjoyable to see some mountains some different uh topography but otherwise no, it's it's Chicago centric. There's a lot of Chicago people down there. So if you ever need to feel like you're back at home uh, while you move away, it's got that for you. But as far as four days in the desert goes, it was probably the better than I expected to go. But also, it's not one of my favorite places in the world. <laughs> well, how are you expecting it to go? Were you expecting to be bitten by a, a rattlesnake or a diamondback? Yeah. Uh, like you, you thought you'd be bitten by Ketel Marte when you were out there? <laughs> and coyotes and Keith Doan. Yeah. Shane Doan would be there. Yeah. And um, Keith Yarndell would be there. Um, I thought there would be scorpions everywhere. And members just, of the scorpions. Yeah. Just yeah. hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it, I, it was much better than I thought. It was just regular city that was kind of desolate in the downtown area which is odd to me we were walking from the diamondbacks pro shop because we got a hat 
and a T-shirt to go to the game later on the, that day. So it was like in one o'clock in the afternoon out there. And we walking to like a nail shop to get. You really live this lifestyle, by the way. This whole w- w- don't wear a, a, another team's uh, yeah. regalia to a to a game. You really you live this lifestyle. You you walk it and you talk it. So you yeah. so you wore some Diamondbacks gear. Yeah, I bu- I bought a nice thirty nine thirty fitted hat for medium to large size heads. <laughs> so it looked nice. It's a hat I'll probably be introducing into the regular rotation Ooh. not a d-backs fan of course i'm a white Sox and slash padres fan so it won't be getting a lot of run but it's a nice comfortable hat then we walk down to a place to get a pedicure it's about a mile and a half away or no half a mile away and it's hot we're sweating and there's zero people and i say zero people in the downtown area of Phoenix, it was so disappointing. I was like, what the hell? It's only 100 degrees. I heard it gets much warmer than this. So if it like I was comparing it to a 100 degree day in Chicago. Yeah, people be complaining, but that some bitch would be full of people. Yeah, like you couldn't move Chicago. That was just very odd to see a desolate, broken down Phoenix. I understand it's a pandemic still going on, but. Let let there be 70 degree day next Saturday and go downtown and see if you can get down and any time during the day. See if you can get it down there without, you know, having to run into major traffic. Salute. Yes, I am. Um, did you go to the Cooperstown Bar and Grill from the Alice Cooper and get yourself a big unit dog? <laughs> I did not. Oh, I did not. We just went to the, the places around the ballpark pretty much, except for when we traveled to a place called Lolo's Chicken Waffles. Yeah, Mercy. that looked good. A, a listener recommendation. And it was actually yeah. good. Oh my goodness. One of our one of our great participants here, uh DJ Freed's Andrew Friedman. I think it's Andrew Friedman. I think I'm saying his name. No, Friedberg, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's I, I was I was going to say if Andrew Friedman gave you a recommendation, we're burying the lead here. Yeah, sorry about it. Drew Friedberg, he goes by uh former minor league pitcher, listens a lot. Uh, participated early in the show. He still listens, but he's like, he went to school down there, Arizona State. He's like, you gotta go to Lolo's, and I was like, I'm all right. That man knows the food down there. I'm gonna listen. Awesome. And uh, Alice Cooperstown closed in 2017, so it would have been difficult to get a. Uh, I wouldn't eat one of the big unit dogs that were remaining there. And I, I don't know if you realize this, but uh, it's a baseball theme bar from Alice Cooper, and it's Cooperstown. Get it? It was Cooperstown, like the baseball thing. Um, I don't any, get it. Any, in any event, um, but how overall uh, your your quick uh, reaction review to the? Uh, I remember when it was called the Bank One Ballpark. Uh, what Chase Field now is it still? Yeah. Okay. How was it? If you've been to Mil- excuse me, I'm like verklempt. Are you that emotional over your your Bank One Ballpark experience? <laughs> oh, so sad. Um, the best part about the ballpark and the experience is that they gave us double X jerseys, Diamondback jerseys for everybody, like the first 20,000 people, and there's only like 20,000 people there. That was great. But if you've been to Miller Park, you pretty much have been to Chase Field. Yeah, it looked kind of looks exactly the same. Yeah. Um, food and drink. Uh, did you did you want did you mosey on over by the pool area? What 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 did you guys do? Anything to do inside of the the stadium? That's that's fun. That perhaps we don't see on TV. Um, our tickets were in the club's level, so two hundred level. Ah, up Chase. in the club. Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> up in the club. Up in the club. I, 
heard your uh, remix you did that was great yeah um yeah so it's right next to the bmw club which is a bar right there and then you get a nice indoor like concession stand to yourself and that was nice it was only 50 dollars for club seats there in arizona very nice spacious enjoyable times and they really don't have any security so you could have just gone into one of the the suites there too which are the same level <laughs> and it was uh very odd it was very uh like i i find this about more cities like chicago is not a city that you have the honor your, system yeah. yeah yeah chicago doesn't have the honor system every other city san diego has the honor system on their metro system same thing with st uh, st louis and and Phoenix has the honor system. Oh, you're going to pay. And it's, there's no restrictions to get into the ballpark except for you have to have a ticket. But otherwise, free to roam the whole stadium. I went by over there by the pool, saw Mark Grace. He was over there broadcasting. Uh-oh. That was up to him real quick. <laughs> Stadium's fine. Not great. Um, team is terrible. They lost their 13th in a row, I believe, when Oof, we were there versus the Cardinals. Jesus. Then they beat the Cardinals on Sunday to break that streak. But, yeah, they're not good. And I don't know. The entertainment value there is not great. For a ballpark that's relatively new, nothing special. Okay. And they opened the goddamn dome. It was 99 degrees. Oof. Um, well, we're glad to have you back, and uh, we do. People are wondering when the hell we're going to talk about these games here. So, White Sox do end up splitting a doubleheader, and I just you know, all in all, I would say it was a, a thumbs up kind of day for the White Sox because listen, when you're playing your second, look, Cleveland was playing their second doubleheader in two days. Okay, so the Sox are playing their second doubleheader in three days, and you're just hoping to get out of there healthy and with a split. You take a, a day. Cross it off the calendar, move on to the next one. Yes, they still have two more against the Tribe and a big one coming up tonight, in which we'll preview in a little bit. But, you know, you're happy to get the split there, and you're really happy. You needed that first one, Herb, and the Sox win at 8-6. to six. Uh, Carlos Rodon started. A real shaky start, giving up the back-to-back jacks to start the game. Uh, immediately you knew that Carlos was going to have to make do without his best stuff. He did not have real good command of that changeup as you saw evident early there. But the Sox respond after Cleveland puts up that two spot. They put up four of their own in the second inning. And this is a really, this is a crackling baseball game here. End up going eight innings after uh, they could not get it decided within uh, seven innings. And, you know, a couple takeaways here, uh, other than just the, the the great timely hitting at the end of the ball game there for the Sox. But, you know, one of the takeaways, it was good to see Zach Collins get in on the mix uh, with a big uh, RBI double there to get the socks on the board but then uh zach collins is on third base eventually and ta you know the socks are up three two at this point and jake lamb's in the box and hey it's me and jake lamb um, <laughs> <laughs> and then tim uh gets picked off right and then he immediately starts signaling to zach collins who was at third base to start digging for home and this is this is while being a, a third base coach out there tim in between first and second base caught in the middle of a rundown has a presence of mind to make sure that he's held up long enough uh to get zach collins to score and you know tip of the cap to zach collins who uh 
was very aggressive base running right there and was able to score. And that run right there wasn't the difference in the ball ball game, but it ended up being a two-run victory. But at that point, the Indians would eventually tie the game before extras, obviously. But every run counts, and that one was a big one early because I think it allowed Carlos to settle down a little bit. But just great uh, heads-up base running, uh, making the best out of a bad scenario there by T.A. Yeah, when you told me about it, I was just boarding the plane, and then I checked the replay of it. I was like, oh, my goodness, just so smart. I don't know if he did that on purpose, like to get into a rundown, like to get picked off and to get into a rundown to score that extra run. But if he did, I wouldn't put it past him um, because he had the presence of mind immediately to say, hey, just get your ass going. I'll get hung up and you go home. And Tim did that. It was a genius move. You could see when Zach is sliding home, the catcher's just like so disappointed. He's like, fudge. <laughs> I can't swear anymore. Um, and so, yeah, it's a it's a big time backbreaker. You had the three run score already in that inning. And for that fourth run to score, I mean, they had already messed up the play where Zach Collins hit the double. It was only supposed to be a two run double over there. But Cesar Hernandez bobbled the ball and then nonchalantly picked it up. Heads up running by Larry Garcia to bust it home to score the third run there. And so that's a backbreaking type of play back to back where you got the the dumb fumble right there from. Cesar Hernandez, and then the 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 rundown that doesn't go as planned where a run scores. So Timmy and the rest of the team smart. And with Rodon, I've been looking at his game log. When he gives up more than one earned run, he's got two bad starts this year. This one you could mark down as a bad start, five earned runs, and the start versus the Kansas City Royals on um, May 15th, he gave up four earned runs and lost there. Otherwise, he's given up one earned run or no earned runs in every other start. Every other one. That's amazing. He's been he's been nailed. So a bad start here or there. You forgive him. He, I think, eventually got the win on this game. So you uh, tip the cap to Carlos Rodon. He did not have it, and he was giving up home runs to people I didn't think can hit home runs like the aforementioned Cesar Hernandez. Yeah, and the the timely hitting, you know, it was big too in that that part of the ball game. Before we get to skip ahead to the eighth inning, because Tristan McKenzie eventually ends up punching out eight in a row for a Cleveland Indians franchise record uh, mm-hmm. for eight consecutive strikeouts, and uh, he eventually found a rhythm there. But uh, getting on the board early certainly helped the Sox there. And then you go skip ahead. A lot of things happen in this game, but quickly here, moving on to the eighth inning, extra innings, and I talked about the extra inning rule. I don't particularly like it, but I, I love it when the Sox win. Um, um, and when you're a road team, I, I do believe that you uh, have a little bit of an advantage because you get first crack at it and you, you're playing with house money, in essence, on the road. And you can kind of set up your bullpen how you like, how you really prefer it. Because if you get that lead there, you can bring in your closer in the bottom half. Uh, Moncada, you know, with Hamilton on base, it was very, it was lucky in that regard that Hamilton made the last out in the inning previous because he's on uh, second base. Moncada can't get him over which is one of the lone blemish on uh, Moncada's record for the day. But eventually they finally wise up and they, they send Billy. Billy steals third base there. And we say it all the time, like, you have this man on your roster. Why not have him actually steal for you? And he does. And then, of course, Jose Abreu with the big sack fly, making it 6-5. to five. Your mean walks. And then Adam Eaton comes through. 
And you know how we feel about uh, Adam Eaton on occasion here. Uh, we don't like him so much that I, I can't even find his button here. Uh, but yeah, Eaton, no one likes you. Um, he, <laughs> did I delete the button because we're, we've, we're moving on from Adam Eaton hate? Um, but yeah, so here it is. Eaton, nobody like you. There he is. So he gets the big two-run jack there, putting it on uh, on ice for the White Sox, 8-5. to five. And then uh, Aaron Bummer comes through and uh, ends up closing out the ball game, which was huge because Liam Hendricks had been overworked. He, you know, had three saves in just over 24 hours, which is ridiculous. Um, we know he likes to work, but this was a huge victory in Game One for the Sox because they're able to save that bullpen and and get the the early victory against a division rival at that point, putting them up four and a half games uh, in the standings there so a nice win in the first game there for the White Sox and uh, we'll take a time out here unless you have any other uh, lasting thoughts about that game one victory over Cleveland Adam Eaton we I talk about him when he does poorly I'll give him credit when he does well a double and a home run to pretty much ice the game in the eighth congratulations you're doing what well in that first game that's exactly what we need from you you know maybe not the home run ball but getting on twice uh, on base, that's great. That's exactly what we need. A solid defense needs to show up a little bit more. I thought uh, some couple of balls he played were off, where if he plays them a little bit more solidly, he could have caught them or at least made them more competitive. But overall, Adam Eaton looks like he's rounding into form. He's been struggling for a long, long, long time. I don't think he's hit a home run in like 20, 20 or 30 days. So to get that monkey off his back feels good. And he's doing the things that's going to keep him in right field when Eloy comes back. Uh, it's a good problem to have, as we always talk about. Somebody's going to have to move. It's going to be him, Vaughn, or uh, Mercedes have to go when uh, Eloy comes back or get uh, reduced playing time by a lot. So he needs to round into shape and be the player that he was early in the season so we can have a real hard decision to move him or to keep him in the right field. Sound like one of them good problems. Thank you, Marlo. We'll recap game two next here on Locked on White Sox. This episode of Locked on White Sox is brought to you by Credit Karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With Credit Karma Money Spend Account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Who doesn't want instant gratification, right? If you're looking for satisfaction, there's no need to wait. With Credit Karma Money, you could win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. When you use your Credit Karma Money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to 5000 bucks. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit Karma members and counting. Open your FDIC-insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees, and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. Credit Karma Money, progress starts here. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free to start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. 
Locked on White Sox is brought to you by rockauto.com. Folks, summer's coming. You better start planning those road trips if you haven't already. I know I've got three or four in mind all ready to go for this summer. But before I go anywhere, I need to make sure that my car is running the way it should. And if I need any parts for my car, I know there's only one place to go, and that's our friends at rockauto.com because there's so many different makes and models of cars these days. It's become impossible to find all the parts that your car is going to need at your traditional chain storefront. You go in these places, and you ask the person behind the counter, and you sit there, and you wait in line, and no one wants to wait in line in a store these days. And they punch up the stock that they have on their computer only in their warehouse only. Why limit yourself to those limited choices when you have access to the most vast library of auto parts online at rockauto.com. Our friends at rockauto.com, they're a family business and they've been serving customers just like you and I online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Rockauto.com's got everything from engine control modules to brake parts and tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks delivered right to your door. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com, they're always going to be reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. They're not like these big box chain storefronts. Why spend up to twice as much when you don't have to? Go to rockauto.com and when you go there, please do me a favor. Write Locked On in their How'd You Hear About Us box so they know that your friends at Locked On White Sox sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need only at rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're almost out of time here, just gabbing away, but you guys don't want to hear too much about the White Sox Game 2 loss uh, over uh, the uh, against the Indians. So this one, Sox lose 3-1, to one, and this is this is a bit of a, a tough one. And I'm, I already know you can find me in Kangaroo Court, but I'm going to call uh, Cal Quantrill Paul at some point here in this discussion. But he was pretty good. Uh, but, the, you know, the thing with the Indians is they're banged up in their rotation a little bit. So you've got two guys that normally wouldn't be starters out there. So you had an opportunity here, the White Sox did, Quantrill only goes three and two thirds, gives up just the one run, and then the Indians have to bullpen it the rest of the way. But I look at this game as a game of missed opportunities. And actually, Jimmy Lambert had a decent start um, for the Sox. He gets the loss in his first big league start. Three and two thirds, seven hits, uh, just three runs. They were all earned. Just one walk, four strikeouts, gives up the big home run there Mm -hmm. to uh, Jose Ramirez. And I'm conflicted about this, Herb, because on my notes, I, I have. Jimmy Lambert finds out what starting pitchers found out long before Jimmy Lambert ever existed was that Jose Ramirez, when you throw something in the zone in a game where it's tied and he's got to run around base, he's going to make you pay. And I, I know there's two schools. There's that school of sometimes the good guys will, are just going to get you every once in a while. He's an elite player. But then the other school thought is, man, why out of all people do you let Jose Ramirez beat you? Which school are you attending, Herb, out of those two? Why do you let Jose Ramirez beat you? There's no one in this lineup that you're like, okay, if they beat you, you're like sad about it. Like if Eddie Rosario comes up after you pitch around Jose Ramirez and gets a single, which he did in that uh, bottom of the third, you say, oh, man, that's not great. But damn it, at least it's not Jose Ramirez. I think that's the only guy really in that lineup that can beat you. And you don't want him specifically to beat you. There's no more Fran Mel Reyes. 
And no Rosario, more friend mail. <laughs> Rosario hit a home run the first game, and congratulations. But the last thing I'm going to do is give Jose Ramirez middle middle pitches. I, I'm going to be biting on the corners. I'm going to be trying to get something in the dirt, yeah. get into chase, but nothing middle middle. I'm not going to give in to a guy, the only guy in that lineup that can beat you. Yeah, what did you think about Jimmy Lambert tonight? Because when I look at Jimmy Lambert, you know, impressive start first time through the order, but that you know that that tends to happen. You know, I, I thought we I posted the video clip of James Fox and Mike Rankin talking about Jimmy Lambert from before the season, just as a little primer for the folks out there at home. And you know, Jimmy Lambert is a guy who is not going to fool you second time through the order if that changeup is not working, and the changeup looked filthy first time through the order but then he couldn't get it over for a strike I mean this thing had late movement uh arm side run and it was just it was awesome I was like oh Jimmy Lambert you know he's not going to overpower you he sat around 93 94 made a couple mistakes there didn't get the, the fastballs high enough in the zone had him had him uh you know basically letter high for these guys to feast on but uh would you make a Jimmy Lambert's first big league start in the uh, in the spot situation here I mean for a kid to come up and pitch in a big situation versus the main rival in the division. He looked good. He looked he looked as good as better than I expected him to come up and look. And while I'd said you don't let Jose Ramirez beat you, fact is the White Sox scored one run with a bunch of opportunities to score late in the game. But Jimmy Lambert, for what they asked him to do, and I think they said what he was gonna throw like seventy some pitches in the game. Yes. So he knew he had a limit. He looked good, and to only give up three earned in his time out there, I'll take that every time in a second half of a of a doubleheader where you won the first one. It's good to get the first one out of the way, and I said that uh, Carlos won the game. Of course he didn't because he went to extras. The win went to Hoyer in that game, but to give the team a chance to win in that second game, only giving up three earned, I'll take that every time, Jimmy Lambert. Go out and give us that. If we have these doubleheaders, we need to, uh, to, we need to have – somebody pitch I would not be opposed from him pitching again in one of these double headers not as a regular starter but we need to give these other guys a rest Jimmy Lambert would be a good spot starter yeah um I was really hoping I was watching this game and Jimmy Lambert was mowing down the, the guys through the, the first you know time through the order and I was like "Ooh, Jimmy Lambert's not going to be on the White Sox at the trade deadline I was, I was very excited about this outing but then you got to see why maybe they profiled him as a bullpen guy uh, when you talk about you know the the consistency of getting those pitches over, uh, he's better in short bursts probably. But yeah, I would love to see him out there again. You know, and tip your cap to the bullpen. You know, Ryan Burr coming out there uh, for mm-hmm. an inning and a third was just awesome. Two strikeouts, nothing allowed uh, across there. Uh, no earned run average on the year, and then Jose Ruiz uh, able to get the Sox out of the game. And we'll get to the uh, you know lack of offense here in a second. But for them to save the bullpen by and large, you use three bullpen four bullpen guys uh, in two games and you're coming off a series where your closer was used a lot and you want to stay away from crochet Kopech is not available to you as of yet so this is a good job by all in all by the pitching staff when you're playing a division rival and they don't really get to the deep part of your bullpen meanwhile you look at Cleveland and what they had to do to eke out uh, a split in this doubleheader they use one two three four five guys in game two alone 
um, you know, among one of them, uh, Emmanuel Classe, who I think may have the best Jesus. stuff out of anyone that we've seen out of the bullpen. That's including Aroldis Chapman. Like he, oh, yeah. he's just filthy, man. And uh, so you know, you look at what you know. All in all. I think it was a it was a good day for the White Sox because above all you're just trying to get out of this thing healthy, like I said at the top. But uh, that doesn't mean that this game was not a winnable game. And you look mm-hmm. at these these missed opportunities here for the White Sox in Game Two, uh, one for six with runners in scoring position, six men left on base, and it was an interesting situation at the end of the game. Where, you know, of course, Yoan is, is able to get on to lead off the inning. And, you know, you have T.A. sitting on the bench still. He got the second game off, which, you know, I, I would say, yeah, that, that's probably fair. And then you, you still have an opportunity to, to win that game, you know, with a couple of runs if you, if you play it right and you have your best hitters up there. But T.A.'s on the bench. Andrew Vaughn on the bench. Collins on the bench after having a good first game. And seeing a righty closer, you figure a good left-handed look uh, would help you out there. And sorry, Jake Lamb uh, was the, was the one who leaded off that inning, uh, not um, not Moncada. Not, not Moncada, Moncada yeah. in the sixth inning though. Yeah, That's yeah. also a big time miss by it, the White Sox. It was, yeah, just another opportunity where they couldn't push the runs across. We find out later that Andrew Vaughn was dealing with some allergies. Maybe he could have uh, used the trip out to Arizona. He would have appreciated <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, so he said he had. Uh, Tony said that Vaughn had you know headaches and. You know, uh, you know, trouble seeing all day because of allergies, and I believe that I'm an allergy guy. Um, but yeah, what did you make of just letting Ta and uh, Zach Collins stay on the bench as you have uh, Jake Lamb and Leori there to hit against a uh, top tier closer in baseball? I don't mind Ta sitting as a veteran; he can sit. That's fine. But Jake, I mean, but having Zach Collins sit on the bench, I'm not a fan of. You hit Lurie Garcia for Mendick. Stop. Just stop. Firstly, I think Mendick's a better hitter than Garcia. Secondly, you have a better left-handed option there with Zach Collins, too. But you're talking about Emmanuel Classe. Just if you have a 100-mile-per-hour fastball, that's already unfair. But he has a 100-mile-per-hour cutter. <laughs> like, the best closer of all time was Mariano Rivera. And his cutter was, like, nine mid-90s. This dude is throwing it five miles per hour faster, at least, than Mariano Rivera. And when you're out there, I don't know how people get hits. The White Sox <laughs> went down like Jake Lamb got a hit, God bless, to start the inning off. And then just straight down. Bad hitter Garcia, bad hitter Hamilton, and Madrigal's two strikeouts in this game. Very unusual. And going back to that White Sox fifth inning where Lamb walked and the guy's been getting on base. You know, I've been a Jake Lamb guy forever, Teddy. I've never talked badly about him. <laughs> never. I'm the one. I'm the, an, I'm the anti-Jake You're the Lamb anti-Jake guy. Lamb guy. Everyone knows it. So Jake Lamb starts the inning off, and then you get it out from Mandic, and then Hamilton gets a single, first and second, one out. This is an opportunity for the White Sox to scratch across a run. You got a contact guy coming up and Nick Madrigal. And he strikes out. Oh, I was just like, oh, come on. What are we doing? And then Grandal's at bat was just shit. It was garbage. <laughs> he took a fastball down the middle. First pitch fastball down the middle. Second pitch. Then the guy gets a little wild. I think Grandal gets it to two, two and then strikes out on a fastball right down the middle. Like, I don't understand what you're looking for there. Like, like, what's the situation? What are you thinking? He's going to be throwing you. But a fastball down the middle on with the runners on first and second with two outs. Come on, get the bat off the shoulder 
and serve that ball into right field, serve that ball into left center, wherever you need to, at least take a pass at it. Letting two go right past you is unacceptable to me. Those two at-bats with Madrigal and Grandal in the fifth were bad. Same thing that happened in the sixth where Moncada leads off the inning with a double to left field, and he's looking really good, by the way. I mean, continue to look good. Hasn't had a slump in a long time. Bray strikes out. Mercedes has a bad at bat where he fouls out uh, to first base and then Eden strikes, strikes out swinging. So they had opportunities after opportunities after opportunities. The seventh inning, I don't have too many qualms with, but yeah, you have to have a better lefty there in Zach Collins than Garcia. I don't know why he likes Larry Garcia so much or just leave Mendick in the game. I would have much rather had that. But with Class A out there, I don't think it's academic when you're losing to the Cleveland Indians and he's out there just throwing strikes too. That's the thing. He's not wild. He's throwing strikes at 100 miles per hour with that <laughs> filthy cutter. Yeah, the fastball already has the natural movement to it. Then you have the, the cutter into the mix, and it's just uh, just ridiculousness. And just looking at Emmanuel Classe's uh, transactions, he was signed by the Padres as a free agent in uh, in 2015. And then he was part of. He was the player to be named later uh, in the in the Padres deal with the Rangers for uh, Brett Nicholas, <laughs> and then eventually he's traded by the Rangers uh, with Delano De Shields uh, to the Indians for Corey Kluber. So the Indians, man, their, their development staff that's that's a big win for them. You know, Class A is going to be a thorn in the White Sox side for many years to come. And it, basically, if you are not leading after. After eight, you know, and you've got to face him. Uh, good luck to you, man. But uh, it is what it is. The Sox salvage a split here, and uh, we'll preview tonight's matchup next here on Locked On White Sox. Locked On White Sox is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. There's so many things you could bet on each and every day at BetOnline.ag. It's got all the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and even your UFC MMA action. Got a huge series with the Cardinals this week. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the latest news and odds, and you can sign up for bonuses and contest information. If you're someone who likes to play the Dow, you can bet on what the final digit of the Dow is going to be each and every day, okay? When I tell you they have everything, they have everything. I'm also looking at the hot dog eating contest this year, Joey Chestnut. Right now, the over-under set at 74.5 hot dogs for Joey Chestnut for Wednesday, June 30th, 2021, the hot dog eating contest for this year. You want to bet on the New York lottery? You can do that. You can bet on whether or not the number is going to be odd or even. I'm telling you, they've got all your betting needs covered here at Bet Online. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the postseason. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget our promo code. Locked on at Bet Online. That's promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. All right, game three of a four game set with Cleveland coming up tonight. We've got a Jim Dandy of a pitching matchup, but Dylan Cease versus Shane Bieber. So we will break this one down and have that recap posted at midnight 
tomorrow. And uh, this will be a big one. If the Sox can get this one, it'll be a big one because all of a sudden you know you're coming out of there with at least a split and the Indians are not going to be able to take off any significant, uh, really anything from your division lead. So this would be a nice one to get. Uh, but uh, runs are going to be at a premium here. So Dylan's going to have to be on his A game tonight. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, you don't play Cleveland again until I think the end of July. So coming out with a split where they didn't gain any ground is vital. Getting either this game tonight or the game tomorrow where Lance Lynn, God bless, is pitching again, what, on four days rest? And you saw him live on Saturday, right? Oh, it was awesome. I wish I would have been sitting close enough to hear him MF the Baltimore Orioles. <laughs> it was unreal, dude, seeing some of that stuff, seeing the John Boy breakdown after for the things he was saying. Why <laughs> are the White Sox so pissed at Baltimore? It looked like Lucas was pissed at Baltimore, too, just like death-staring guys after he's striking them out. But I heard you do the show yesterday. You're like, that guy is just possessed. He had that Oakland possession he going did. on for him again. Like, if he if that's what he needs to be that guy, hell, do it. But that probably takes a lot to get to that as like a fun loving guy as Lucas is to be. He was just pissed, like if physically and emotionally on it with the Baltimore Orioles and. I don't know why Dude, the what? Baltimore Orioles are slap dicks. Dude, if, if I, Freddie Galvis in particular is the one he was talking about, and Galvis had already you know tagged the Sox for three home runs in that series up until that point, and that just Lance Lynn is just calling him slapdick mf'er out there. Like, <laughs> like no, like do people just know that's what Lance Lynn does and don't take it personal? Because how do you like respond, like not respond to that in the moment? Like, <laughs> like, and how are they not teeing off on his fastballs right down the middle when you already are amped up and? Unless that's part of the mental game where you are so amped up because you want to beat Lance Lynn so bad because of the things he's saying about you, but you just can't because you're trying too damn hard. It is a, it is a thing to see, man. It's becoming one of my favorite things to, to see and notice because I didn't really notice it because I, for whatever reason, you know, you know, he's a fiery guy and, you know, he likes mm -hmm. to turn around and give you the old Ric Flair woo to the center field camera and he knows what the camera is. But the whole game within the game and and shit talking the opponent like under his breath or uh, passive aggressively like that's a new layer here I'm, that I'm peeling back from this onion that I'm really enjoying. And uh, Lance Lynn, man, just what a what a what a champ out there <laughs> calling people slapdicks. One of my favorite <laughs> words. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, hopefully, you know, we have two of our five pitchers already doing that. Maybe Cease will do that tomorrow. Like, just calling people yeah, slapdicks slap on dick. Cleveland. You're such a like, slapdick, man. <laughs> like, just walking and he's tucking his jersey into his pants. Wow, sick, cool. Sick, 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 dude. Sick, sick slapdick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, heel Dylan Cease would be a nice turn. But, yeah, I, if I'm this Indians lineup, I'm, just, I'm already looking ahead to Wednesday because I'm assuming this is going to be another tough loss. Uh, coming up tonight, you know, it'll be a it'll be a very narrow margin for error here against uh, Shane Bieber. But that Lance Lynn on, on a short rest, wanting to put away a, a division rival, that's going to be an appointment television right there. I can't wait to break that one down, especially against this lineup of the Indians, who's really decimated by injuries, as you said. That should be a fun one to watch. But uh, that's all I got, man. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow after we break down uh, this uh, Shane Bieber Dylan Cease matchup. Slap. <laughs> <laughs> so that's Chris Tannehill. Follow him at Chris Tannehill on Twitter. My name is Herb Lawrence. Ecknerwall23 on Twitter. And Locked on Socks at Locked on Socks on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. 312 is the way you can leave us a voice message. And I heard some of the great ones last night. Thank you, Paul <laughs> Correct. 
and thank you, Jake Lamb. Oh, oh we my love goodness. Jake. This yeah. guy just loves the show. <laughs> Keep on doing what you're doing, Jake Lamb. Getting on bases real solid for us. <laughs> yeah, thanks for hitting that homer for me, Jake. Again, I appreciate it. That really made my first day back at the ballpark really memorable. Oh yeah, right in front of me too. You got like, you got like multiple Tim Anderson bobbleheads too. I do, and thank you for reminding me because I neglected to mention on yesterday's show that we will be giving one away. We so we have this surplus of things that were uh, mentioned that we're never actually going to give away. You've got your Abreu bobblehead. I've got a Rodon bobblehead that I held on to from like two years ago that now people want, and uh, we have a Tim Anderson bat flip bobblehead. So we have a surplus of things to give away, and we'll. And also, I have. The season ticket thing got in, and it's like hitting. So I have season ticket games versus Toronto, the Blue Jays, and Tampa Bay coming up. Toronto and the Blue Jays. Toronto (laughs) and the Tampa Bay Rays coming up. So I can't go to a couple of these games. So I'll be giving away some of these to a lucky listener out there. Like we gave away one, I think, to Melissa. I don't know her last name, but Melissa got some tickets. So be listening. You can find your way. Uh, out to a uh, ball game. That, I definitely can't go to that Tampa Bay game on June 16th at 110 because I'll be working. So if you want to be going to that one, tell your friends, tell everybody you, you, you know who likes White Sox baseball to be listening to Locked on Sox from here until then so you can get some tickets. Absolutely. And so for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for listening to this episode of Locked on Sox.